What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast. Dave and Dev. Gotta keep it real like Dave and Dev. On my job like Dave and Dev. Tell no lie like Dave and Dev. Some days I wanna stay in bed, but I get ready for the day ahead. I wanna complain, but I pray instead. Then I'm on my way to the Dave and Dev. And it go like, I don't need a crew. Don't play by he say, she say rules. Don't play, no, we can't do. I'd rather have faith while G-O-D make moves. So please stay cool. All, all I do is speak the truth on things I see they do. I'm a sinner myself. No lie, I need grace too. We lit like EKU. Yeah. What's up? Good morning, Devin. Yo, what's going on, Dave? How you been? I'm good, man. I'm good. Saturday, September 12th. Man, glad to be on the podcast with you again, brother. Um, Looking forward to it. Today, we're celebrating our eighth anniversary a little early. Uh, We we ain't quite there yet. We got Tuesdays is when it is, but shout out to Sheena. Eight years putting up with me, almost. Wow, that's huge. (laughs) That's huge, man. You know, look at that. Y'all, Look y'all, at God, y'all, bro. Y'all, y'all are role models. Oh, man, I would not say that. <laughs> we're imperfect, man. We're imperfect. But we're uh, fortunate, man. Super fortunate. I feel so blessed. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy to think. Eight years, bro. That's a long time. That's a long time to be putting up with you. <laughs> That's a fact, bro. God bless so, Tina. Bless her, bro. Bless her. All right, man. Well, before we get into today's podcast, let's get a little update on our hip-hop contest and hear a word from our sponsor. Uh, Our hip-hop contest is brought to you by Forever Blessed. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Does that phrase ring a bell? Forever Blessed, F-R-V-R-B-L-S-D, isn't just a shirt, hoodie, hat, sweatshirt you wear. It is a brand with a purpose. It's a constant reminder that God has a plan for you and that you are forever blessed. Shop the collection with Forever Blessed at www.frvrblsd2911.com. Our this week's winner of the hip hop contest is Shando with his song All Glory. Dave, play that track. Uh, yeah, I'm checking the balance. Prices go up, so I talk to a cat. Numbers is rising, can't pay with my talent. That drip running, not that boy needing the fountain. Of a seat and I'm moving these mountains. Do all my thing, chuck a deuce and I'm bouncing. Lyrics come easy, homeboy, it's astounding. I am so free, make it clearer than dancing. Girl, move aside, my wife is a dying. Watch by the blood, so I am so clean. I am so clean, man, I got the gleam. We all glowing up and now look at the team. I'm clapping on tracks and y'all wasting my time. Nothing this hand, he was paying my fine. Made in this image, I'm one of a kind. You rapping so lazy, recycling lines. Cleaning the temple, renewing my mental. Say you blockbuster, so boy, you a rental. Dog, I'm just playing, don't get sentimental. But God had the plan, so it's not incidental. All right, Devin. Super excited about today's episode, man. I'm I'm loving, uh, you know, that football's back. So we got a, we got a little guest to come on and chop it up about football and uh, some other things, talk a little bit about life. So uh, I'm happy to welcome Trevino Woods to the podcast. Trevino, man, what's up? Good morning. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. 
What's up, y'all? I appreciate y'all first and foremost for, you know, inviting me and having me on here. Um, it's awesome. I was actually hoping that y'all would uh, eventually ask me to be on. I've been listening secretly for a while. Uh, <laughs> hey, you don't got to be secret about it. You can share our stuff, man. I'll, I'll be sharing it. I share it sometimes. Um, but yeah, so I'll show some more love, especially um, since y'all always do. Um, but yeah, so uh, my name's Trevino Woods. I was born in Nebraska, actually. Um, grew up in Georgia and spent some time in St. Louis before, in, in the middle there. Um, in Georgia, um, <clears throat> basically, um, in, in the 10th grade, I decided I wanted to uh, start trying to play football. Uh, the coaches, I got tired of the coaches, you know, hounding me. So I did a little bit of that. Uh, finally got out my junior year and ended up earning a scholarship just because I'm 6'5 and could move my feet quickly. Uh, so that brought me to Lexington, Kentucky here. And I played for, for UK from 08 to 2012. Um, and after I graduated and, you know, came to that real realization that I'm not playing post-collegiate sports, um, I decided to stay here instead of going back home and getting a, a nice little grown-up job, trying to show off my degree and make them pay me a little bit of money. Uh, <laughs> I did a little bit of everything, man, in the past few years, case management, and now I'm doing IT, and I think I finally settled in a, a good career role. Um and it's been awesome. It's just been it's been really great. I love Lexington. I love Kentucky. Um, and it's it's awesome to be here. Well, listen, we're glad to have you on the podcast. Um, I'll excuse the fact that you wore that UK blue for years. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll just treat you like a brother on this podcast for the next couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. You was EKU, though. Yeah, bro. We ain't got no ill will. We played a couple times. You know, you know. Here's the thing. I'm about to say something that it may. Offend oh some Lord, we getting hot takes early. Yeah, we it, five it, minutes into the podcast. Yeah, it, it may offend some EKU people, but here's the thing: there is no real rivalry. Like I don't know why people from EKU can't stomach UK people for some reason. Like, <laughs> like they they are not worried about us. In fact, every time we play sports against them, we have not gotten within forty points of any sport. So it's not really it's not a rivalry. No one cares. It's it's actually like it's we're like the homecoming game of UK folks. But for some reason, EKU people just have this terrible taste in their mouth. And I never really because I'm not from Kentucky, so I never really understood like what was the real beef behind it. But here we are. It, it is real though because like. I, I mean, Trevino, I'm sure that this probably never happened at UK's campus. But <laughs> I remember at EKU's campus, if somebody was wearing, like, UK stuff, people were like, man, why are you wearing UK stuff, man? You go, you go to EKU, man. Like, what? like, bro, come on now. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, ain't nobody tripping about you wearing even, like, Western Kentucky stuff. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we go to EKU, bro. Like. <laughs> It was it was honestly the only time I really saw or heard anything like that was when someone wore Louisville stuff. But it, it wasn't as like common as you would think. Now, if they were in a spot, you know, if somebody went to the student section wearing Louisville gear. Then oh, yeah, that's a wrap. They're getting dragged. But, if, <laughs> you know, if somebody's just walking to class on campus, maybe they're doing an experiment. Who knows? I ain't saying nothing. Um, but, yeah, so it wasn't that bad, and especially EKU. I mean. We never obviously had any ill will toward EKU. And, you know, there were people wearing, you know, Northern Kentucky gear and EKU gear and all that stuff on campus. Didn't nobody care. We just, oh, you went there for two years and then came here or whatever. You know, 
it is what it is. But right. we, we little brothers, what you trying to say? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, no, it's now, okay, say, say Trevino. With like, <laughs> say with your chest. You're going to come on the podcast, say with your chest. I'm just kidding. I'm playing with you. <laughs> I didn't even know what to say. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't personally feel that way, but maybe others do. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Trevino, listen, man, I- I'm super glad you're on the podcast. Uh, I've known you for a few years now uh, as we kind of worked together-ish uh, in the same area uh, at one point in our career. So, uh, And then obviously we have some mutual friends and, uh, you know, we were able to work on a uh i guess it was what two weeks ago we were able to work on a panel together um mm-hmm. regarding some um uh you know just kind of being in the mix of a lot of these racial issues and things like that man and uh just kind of being an observer from a distance obviously i don't live in kentucky anymore but uh you know you've been obviously in the mix with your photography business uh trying to work through your uh you know media business as a whole plus doing your regular job like you got lots of hands and different cookie jars, man. So wh- how, like, okay, this is going to be a little off topic potentially, but like, how do you feel like football prepared you to be like in an adult and, and be into the real world in the mix of doing a lot of different stuff? Man, the first word that comes to mind is discipline. Yes. Now I use that as it pertains to work and, you know, things that, I, I have to do slash choose to do, um, you know, in other areas of my life, it's not as easy to be disciplined, like dieting, for example, Mm-mm, no chance. Preach. I just had, for breakfast, I had a protein shake and these little mini pancakes. So, I mean, you know, there's just an example there of how none, <laughs> uh, non-discipline I am with that, but that's the word that comes to mind above all, um, And, you know, just to be able to, you know, wake up and realize that I have responsibilities, you take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. And then that other amount of time, no matter how tired you are, you know, or how worn out you are, if there are other things that need to get done, you do them no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in football specifically is done, you know, I I can think back to workouts that we had um, after Coach Joker took over. And we would literally go and do the exact same kind of workouts. Just, you know, you got those hundreds, you got, you know, whatever else we're doing that day. Um, and it's a full workout and on turf in a hundred degree weather during the summer. And then coach rock, after we all break it down, he's like, all right, we ain't done yet. Line up. It's like, wait, what? We are finished. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so we line up and do Indian runs three times around three football fields mm-hmm. and before, when you first start out, as soon as you stand in that line, you're like, bro, we, what are we doing? We ain't going to be able to do this. We tired. And then after you get done, you're like, oh, I got more energy now. We all fired up. We ready. What else are we going to do? You know, what else you got for us? And it just became normal. So I I, I trans, transferred that over. And, you know, within reason, you just have that extra boost and you can create that for yourself because you know it needs to be done. Just kind of replicate that feeling. Right, right. No, I think that's a, a a good thought. I just that popped in my head, and I was just like, "Man, you 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 are one of the busiest people I know, bro." Like, I always see you like reven you know renovating your house and uh, working on stuff, getting together because you're about to get married soon, also, right? 
Yeah, yeah. We actually, we were one of the victims of COVID and we had to cancel our June 27th schedule. Uh, oh, man. I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't realize that it was supposed to be this year. Yeah, it's all, I mean, you know, it's all love. This is, it's, you just, it kind of goes back to that that discipline and that perseverance. You just, you know, instead of allowing that to consume us, we just continue on. And, you know, thankfully, Kristen's very similar. She didn't play any sports at all, but she has that same mentality, actually better, you know, better than me. So she's, she's very disciplined and, um, you know, very, very steady as far as when she sets her mind to something, she's on it. Man, that's awesome. Thank God, thank God for our ladies, right, bros? Yeah, <laughs> for real. Because I tell you, if it wasn't for sports, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would know what discipline was. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Yeah. All right, so you play football, obviously, and uh, so college football season has started, but obviously there are some roadblocks in the way of this this full college college season. How are you feeling about them starting the college season in the midst of a pandemic? I got mixed feelings um, as a former player. I understand from the player's perspective, like I got to get out there and this is what I'm here to do. You know, mm-hmm. they call us student athletes, but we wouldn't be here if it weren't for football. So that's the, that's the main part of what yeah, we're let's doing. Let's be honest. We athletic students. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so student athletes gets more donations, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, on that end, I totally get it. You got to get out there in any safe way possible. Um, you don't want to die from it, but then at the same time, it's you got to play your game. So, uh, but uh, on the other side of it, obviously, the the fans, the other parts of it, the concessions, the fans, the, the you know, um, all the other people that are involved outside of the actual field or or, court, or we're talking about football, so field. Um, you know, that's that's the tricky part. And you want to be responsible with that. Um, but at the same time, there's no perfect way to do it. You know, UK, I think, just announced yesterday or the day before that they were not allowing tailgating. And I remembered seeing a lot of um, people that I'm friends with or maybe were friends with. I'm not sure if I deleted them yet, yet or not. But um, <laughs> they were they were talking about like, Oh, they better let us tailgate. If I'm paying tickets, I've been a season ticket holder for 14,000 years. And if I don't get to tailgate and I'm thinking like, you can tailgate anywhere. It doesn't have to be at the stadium. (laughs) Go to Target's parking lot and literally throw your, you know, obviously (coughs) I get the point if you're a big drinker and you don't want to be driving nowhere, but there's so many other ways to do it. And, you know, I'm glad that they're actually having a season and I'm glad that they're playing. Um, but at the same time, those those those, you know, the changes from COVID just kind of, it's just odd. It's really odd, and I hope that people are responsible. Um, and another thing, man, I also, <laughs> I <laughs> I can see if someone gets, you know, on a team, if someone gets tested positive for COVID, yeah, why wouldn't you say that it's an ankle sprain, a high ankle sprain, for and they're out for two weeks? Yeah, nobody checks for injuries. So, you know, at the, I just feel like they're going to do that to pad the, the numbers or to, to bring the numbers down so that they're not. So that they can keep playing. Exactly. So, I, I mean, this is 
the least excited I've been about football season probably in my whole entire life. Yeah. Um, like we are just throwing out whoever we can throw out and just hoping for the best. I mean, you're gonna <laughs> see a lot of like northern. I mean, you see North Texas is gonna play on primetime ESPN every week at this point. Like <laughs> people are just throwing out just teams just to play. Absolutely. Um, I mean, and you hear, I mean, the long-term effects of what COVID could do to someone potentially. We don't, we don't really know. We, we're just guessing at this point is what it feels like. And then, I think it was University of Tennessee who they had a tight end who who got COVID, but then they had a, everyone who's been uh, close to that tight end had to sit out for two weeks as well for contact tracing. So they had they didn't have any tight ends when they played their last game. They're just throwing. I mean, you have like the kickers playing tight end now. It's like you you just don't know what you're doing anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like and it's so hard too because I'm with Dever and like somebody mentioned the other day about fantasy football and they were like, oh yeah, we need to do the draft because it starts this week and I was like, oh, <laughs> and it was just like I didn't even realize it because like it's just hard because I, honestly I I didn't even think we'd get to this point. Really, you know, once I saw the Big Ten cancel and, you know, some other, play, you know, uh, bigger groups like that cancel their season, I was like, man, I'm just so surprised we're even at this point. Uh, and basketball, I felt like, was a lot safer because of the bubble, right? Like, they were taking so many precautions. They were doing so much to try to uh, prevent things. And I'm not saying that big colleges and universities and NFL teams aren't doing that. Um, but don't sit here and tell me that, my little dinky high school in Northern Kentucky is out here going to actually be trying to prevent COVID. I mean, I'm serious. Like, I'm just like to prevent the spread. There's no way they have the resources to do that. And like, there were people up in arms about, I know we're kind of jumping around here. Obviously we talked about college NFL and now I'm talking about high school, but like I, there was people going irate on the athletic director from (laughs) high school for canceling the season and they actually just overturned it, so they're gonna be they're gonna be playing. But I'm just like, oh my gosh! Like I just, I'm I'm so hopeful that nothing happens because like I just know they don't have the resources to really really try to prevent the spread um, and manage it if it does happen. Uh, there's no way. I, I just I can't see it. So it, it's it's a wild time, man. I've I've never thought in my life we would see anything like this happen. Well, and and like. I mean, to Trevino's point, we can finally be honest and we can say why the, these people are on campus. They're not there to learn. They're, they're there to entertain people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you, you see it now. Like, I, we don't care about their health. We don't care about the longevities of the potential issues that could happen. We just, we just care about, you know, p- getting people in a stand as, as much as our government allows us to, to have. Get them, in the stand, get them in the seats and then let's play a game. So you mean that athletes aren't just out there for our entertainment, Devin? Think about this. I mean, like <laughs> Notre Dame is not even meeting classes in person right now, but they're play- but they're about to have a home football game. Yep. Like, how right. does that make sense? How how can we? How am I a student athlete and the students aren't meeting on campus, but the football players can? <laughs> I, I, and I'll share, you know, what we all know about you know college sports. Whether you're at UK, EKU, doesn't matter. It's a straight up business. Regardless. Oh, it's a. It's a job, bro. It is a business. So they're running that like a business. And they're not going to allow, you know, like whenever what what happened at 
most of these businesses, when COVID hit, a lot of people got let go. A lot of people got furloughed. You know, they're not going to furlough football players because we're like money. What are you going to do? Um, but I did see it, you know, a really good thing about, um, you know, the student athletes that miss their fall sports, uh, whether they play or not, they're getting, they're gaining another year of eligibility. I don't know if you guys saw that, but yeah, that was, that I, was, I like that. I mean, just to, they, they have the option to opt out. Yes. And that that's awesome. You know, just to be able to have that, but, but yeah, they're absolutely running that like a business and I get it. I mean, there's tons of money in it, you know, millions per year. So I, I, I understand that part of it, but at the same time, let's take some of that money and just like you were talking about, investing in some of those, um, you know, precautions and, and some of those resources to be able to stop the spread and to further ensure, you know, like I think the NFL, I saw um, during the game, I'm not sure if you guys watched that the other day, but. Um, and see, go, go ahead, go ahead with your point real quick, but I'm going to say this. I, <laughs> I forgot that the NFL was even playing. Yeah, well, and, and yeah, I I kind of did until fantasy football. We drafted on Sunday, and I'm like, all right, what day is is it Thursday again? I couldn't, you know. And so uh, you're playing in the middle of a of the Lakers and Rockets are going are playing, and uh, <laughs> Serena and then Serena Williams is playing in the semifinal. Oh, like all this is going on at the same time, and I just forgot that that. Football season was about to start. I, I mean, I'm honestly not excited at all about football season this year. Yeah. And usually, I mean, usually we're, we're so excited. Like, part of the reason why people are so excited the NFL's back is because we don't have to watch boring baseball all summer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. And I mean, and now that we have all of our sports, it's kind of like, oh, shoot, football's around too. Yeah. Like I did, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a hockey fan. But for those people who are hockey fans who watch this or who listen to this, uh, hockey's in the playoffs right now. I had no idea hockey was in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I could, I really, I don't care at all. <laughs> Ball is life has been my whole life so far. Absolutely, and I'm sure most people. Well, I can't say that because that's just within my realm of influence. But yeah. I don't either. <laughs> we there there's there's obviously an issue with with college football right now and how they're going to play it and I mean I, and then you you get the other side of the argument that says well the it's really not going to affect these young kids I mean they're the peak athletes is really not going to affect them I get that and you can't you can't live your life in fear I also understand that but I think we also need to take precautions on something that we don't know what it is completely right now. Right. And the NFL, they did something where they, they have these little, you know, devices on their wrist. They kind of look like Fitbits or whatever. But, yeah. and, you know, they as soon as someone tests positive, those things have, you know, the amount of time. It's basically it's the tracing uh, devices, but yeah. they specify the amount of time they were near that person, um, how close they were in proximity. You know, something like that could be really useful. Maybe they do have that in college. I've just never seen anything. Um, Man, you know how much. There's some colleges that can't even afford a new weight room right now. How are you gonna afford? It? <laughs> like, here's here's and here's another thing too is uh, we okay. So they doing contact tracing. Let's just be real. If these schools are meeting on campus, what kid is not like? No kids are, are just gonna stay in their dorm room the whole day. The whole day. Sure. You, I mean, you may not be partying, but you at least gonna go over your friend's house. Mm-hmm. Like, 
come on, like let's just be real with each other. Ain't nobody. There's no. There's no. There's no contact tracing on college campuses right now. Right. So I, it's it's it to me it's a mess. I, I don't know how. I mean, at least you can control to a certain extent professional players because money is on the line. Right. For a college fo- for a college athlete, there's there's really nothing on the line for them. I mean, you can do whatever you want to, except for your, your grades, I guess. <laughs> That's it. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's a crazy time, and it's it's so hard because I I really do see both sides of it. Like I was I was reading some of the comments. I, listen, I know that's a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> I was reading some of the comments on the the high school page. I was telling you all about uh, where they were talking about the AD canceling the season, and it was like, man, I understand. Like I try to put myself in the parents' shoes. I try to put myself in the kids' shoes. Like if I was a senior. And it was my last year. And let's say I was on a verge of like a scholarship player or not, um, or even just to have that kind of like last run type feeling like I would be really upset about not playing too. But like, I also see the other side as well. So it's just, it's a really, it's a really hard time, man. It's, it's a hard space to be in. And I think that, you know, we've said it before on this podcast, like just kind of urge people to understand and be able to see both sides and, and hopefully help make decisions that reflect that, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Make, right. uh, hopefully we encourage leadership to make decisions that reflect thought process on both ends of the spectrum. Um, and I mean, really, we could translate that to pretty much any portion of our life, but especially, especially yeah. this, uh, this issue, this topic. Yeah. So, I want to switch the topic a little bit to go to to the NFL real quick. And so uh, Thursday, see, I couldn't even remember the day the game was on. <laughs> I, I just don't I just don't care. Uh, but Thursday, the NFL had their first game. You had Patrick Mahomes versus uh, Deshaun Watson, two great quarterbacks, um, the Texans versus the Chiefs. And you had some – Unique things that happened pregame. So you had the national anthem with one team that was out on the field, and then you had the black national anthem. And to my knowledge, that's the first time that's ever been played. At- hey, Devon, can you say what the uh, quote unquote black national anthem is? Oh, it's that bop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so the, the black national anthem is uh, lift every voice and sing. Um, honestly, I think it's more of a unifying song than than the the, the actual national anthem. But it, the black national anthem um, was was made was during the civil rights era, um, and it was sort of like it was just this song that that uh, the civil rights leaders sang a lot, and it just got it was just nicknamed the black national anthem. Um, we actually sing it in our church every February um, because it, it has some gospel principles to it. It does, yeah. As well, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's essentially what it what it is. Uh, it's it's just a song, but the Black National Anthem was played before the game. I think it's the first time it's been played before any NFL game or any American professional sport. I want to say any of the big, like the big three professional sports. Yeah, I I I, I can't recall, and if you all can recall something, just call me out on it. Um, but. They played that, and then there was uh, the players from both teams linking arms in unity. 
All right, Trevino. First off, what do you think about all this? Uh, the I'll call it the pregame fanfare that that happened. I I think it's uh, necessary for one for them to you know do whatever yeah. it is because you know the playing the national anthem in itself has just been what was done. Yeah. Um, and no one, no one, you know, needed it. Didn't need a a um. It didn't meet any opposition for any reason because it didn't need to until, you know, some of these things started to happen a little bit more prevalently. You know, some of the injustices in America became a little bit more uh, people became more aware of them, I, I should say. And so as it became a bigger topic, you know, athletes decided to use their platform to be able to speak out against it. You know, starting with Kaepernick, whether you agree or disagree with them. He, he is a huge athlete. Obviously, <clears throat> he was in a Super Bowl. He was extremely well-known prior. Um, but for him to, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of guilt feeling like we are not really using our platform like we should. Let's do something about it. And so, you know, it's just kind of evolved into where we are now to the point where, you know, why should you have to tiptoe around how you express yourself? You know, if you feel a certain way, you feel it, you you should be able to do whatever you need to. And people are going to feel whatever, however they want to. But at the end of the day, if if I choose to watch football just to watch, I never cared about the national anthem. My whole college career, never was outside when they sang that. Never, ever. We were always in the locker room sitting down, every athlete, every uh, football player. So whenever they did it at um, – Whenever they did it at uh, sports or NFL games, if I've probably gone to two NFL games in my life, I stood up because everybody else did. I didn't want to, and I took my hat off because everybody else did. And it's just a, a sign of respect to, you know, the fallen soldiers. I there's there's other ways to do that anyway. Yeah. So how do you, how do you feel about that? Like how do you feel about the national anthem? It's I think it has its place. You know, I I stood up and you know recited it and. Um, well, the Pledge of Allegiance, and I think they played the national anthem in high school. Yeah, I, mean, we, I did every single day. I, what more do I have to do? You know, like <laughs> you know, and I'm not even and the same. I'm not. I don't feel a certain way about the Black national anthem either. So it's not a, whether it's black or white or what it represents. But <clears throat> you know, especially as I learned more about it, that national anthem was it. It actually had there was there was nothing negative about anyone except black people in there. You know, it mentioned. Um, a previous, the original version that was written, there was something, you know, about people of color. Um, and I think it mentioned slaves or I can't remember the, the part of it, but, you yeah. know, that just being aware of that was like, oh, why? I just I said that every single day, you know, like that was that's odd for me to even, you know, recognize. So I just, I, I I see the point. It's more of a tradition, but. It's, I don't think they're necessary. And I think they decided to keep it and add another one instead of removing it because people would just be pissed that they removed it. I mean, so Dave, I asked you the same question. Like, how do you feel like when you hear the Star Spangled Banner playing anytime? Because some people feel like, you know, this is patriotism. This is respect towards the troops and, and whatnot. So, like, how do you feel? Okay, so let me... Let me take you down memory lane for like un momento. Okay, so for me, whenever I heard the national anthem as a kid, it was before a sporting event. Okay, so that's kind of always been the time that I've like 
heard it and obviously you sing along because like Trevino said, like everyone's doing it. You stand up, you take your hat off and you make sure that you're not, you know, messing around. But anyway, to me, it reminds me of having like pregame jitters. And that's really all connotation I have towards the national anthem. (laughs) And and I don't, I'm I'm not saying like this in any like anti-patriotic way. It's just like the, the national anthem has never like stirred um like i listen to okay devon like an example like there's hymns or there's um you know gospel songs that when you hear them it stirs your emotion to god right like it it, it like really makes you feel like oh man like yeah I, I i i really relate to this this is you know really on my heart today or whatever like the national anthem it it solely gave me some sort of jittery feeling because i was about to like strap up my helmet and go rock somebody or like I was about to step on onto the court and like hopefully get to play. Um, so you like fight. So, <laughs> so basically, the national anthem is "Knuck if you buck." <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh! But yeah, like that's what like when I think about the national anthem, like that's what I think about because that's the only time I ever heard it. And yeah, I, I obviously like I, I'm I have respect for our soldiers. Like I have tons of family members in the service that are active and and retired and veterans and. Uh, some of my best friends, you know, went into military or were in the military. So, like, I've never felt like any sort of way about, um, uh, you know, the national anthem here or there. You know, it's always just been kind of tradition sort of thing. You know what I mean? And th- yeah. that's why when I saw Colin Kaepernick kneel and just like what Trevino said, like, I don't when I was in college, I don't remember us actually being out there for the national anthem. Uh, and I went to a small school. Uh, I, I felt like we were always in the locker room at that time. Um, but when I was in high school, we obviously were out there. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's just like – I remember when, when Kaepernick kneeled, I was just like, oh, wow, I think this is a a valid time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ne- it never made me feel like he was disrespectful or anything like that, um, especially as I remembered seeing people like TiVo four or five years prior kneeling and praying. So, like, what was really the difference? But Yeah, because wasn't he – like at first he was just sitting down, like Kaepernick was just sitting down. Yeah, and they and, said that that was kind of res- disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think it served its purpose. You know, he didn't do it to disrespect the flag. To my to my understanding, he did it to be, be polarizing to force a conversation. And I think it it, it accomplished that. You know. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so for me, when I hear the Star Spangled Banner. I, I'll just be honest with you. I feel some type of way. And it's because I think about, well, when this song was written, I wasn't even considered, like, people like me wouldn't even mm. be considered a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wouldn't even be considered a person. Are we Like, a whole person. At, at best, we were three-fifths of a person. Yeah. And uh, so you, when you hear that, I kind of just, uh, like it's kind of like man, you know, you hear "Please stand in honor of the United States of America," and you're like, okay, so I'm thinking, okay, we were slaves for a couple hundred years. They say get past that, okay? Then, then uh, sharecropping and whatnot happened, and then Jim Crow happened, and disenfranchises even more that happened, okay? So then, then we get to closer and closer, like. Okay, then mass incarceration happens, and then still some other kind of disenfranchised issues in education and business happens, and like, and then now you're just like, all right, but forget all that right now. 
stand to be in unison with everybody else. It's like, whew, okay. All right. I'll still stay, like, you know, and we've gone through a lot. America's not perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect country. I completely understand that. Right. But to hear, like, it just it just brings up, to me, it brings up feelings. And I'm kind of like Trevino. I stood because everybody else was standing. Right. I mean, in that moment of unity, because to draw attention to yourself, like, like Kaepernick did, takes a lot of guts. Mm-hmm. And to draw, like, to really stand up or kneel for what you, what you, what you, what you believe in, like, to to force a conversation, takes a lot. Takes a lot. I mean, Kaepernick's career is done. I mean, he's been out of the league for four. Yeah, years. that ruins his career. Him, yeah, if anybody signs him, it's, it's fanfare right now. It's fanfare right now. It's a publicity sign. Yeah, and like he, I mean, he sold the rest of his career for this. Yeah, I, I guess it was worth it for like for him. Like four years later, now we're having a conversation about it. And uh, like I said before, like I, I just don't know if it's going to like playing the black national anthem uh, is lift every voice and sing. Like playing that before a game uh, is. It's nice, but it does it like it's just it's just a performative action. It's like when we give everyone in the, in the NBA t-shirts to say Black Lives Matter, and we paint it on like it doesn't matter. People still getting uh they're still getting treated differently because of the color of their skin. Um, so then we go to the 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 unity, the the locking arms in unity. So a little background here the. Chiefs were out for both for both the national anthem and the the lift every voice and sing. Okay, the Texans came out for the moment of unity. Okay, they came out to lock arms. Uh, they didn't come out for for the for the other two national anthems. Now, that's when the booing started from the Kansas City Chiefs fans. So, Dave, I know this is fresh in your mind. How did you feel about? The the booing <laughs> at, the, at the stadium. Oh gosh! All right. So first of all, uh, I I think Trevino. I don't know if you mentioned this before the podcast or what. I'm sorry, I can't remember. But anyway, when I initially heard the thing, I didn't really hear much of the booing until the very end, and then I listened to another like angle, like another broadcast of it, and I could hear it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, I felt like it was a really tasteless uh, response to what was happening on the field as, you know, obviously in that moment, like, there <laughs> it, there was no – this wasn't the – like Devin said, this wasn't the NBA with all the Black Lives Matter T-shirts. This wasn't the MLB where they all lined up and uh, a lot of the players kneeled during the anthem and things like that. This This was none of that. This this was simply the two teams, and I think somebody, if you are friends with me on Facebook, uh, you know I apparently love to just get involved in tons of drama. Which I feel is like so... every week there's something. There, <laughs> there's some there's sort something. of beef with me, bro. I like listen, like I'm a peacekeeper. Like that's what's so crazy. Like I just try to keep the peace, but man, until you anyway, play the, until you play that Star Spangled Banner, then you yeah you yeah, yeah. Buck, you know yeah exactly <laughs> exactly. Uh, Outside the pads, I'm a peacekeeper, bro. Um, but so it's just like, anyway, somebody mentioned it. Like, I felt like it was a good gesture of people saying, hey, like, 
regardless of our stance on this, like we're going to lock arms together and we're about to compete for what I guess NFL games like 60 minutes, right? Or 40, it's like 12 minute or 15 minute quarters, whatever. But like we're about to go out here and compete against each other. But before that, we want to show a sign of unity and respect for one another that, hey, like we value each other, right? And we're going to, you know, work together towards the betterment of all people. That's, that's what I got from it, right? And, and the booze represented a, a – um, the, the booze represented a disagreement with that, right? And that, to me, was very unfortunate because I felt like that was the most – if you take a step back and you, you know, factor in that people feel offended by the flag kneeling and things like that, like, I felt like that was one of the most respectful and tasteful signs of – "Quote unquote protest." I wouldn't even know. If, I wouldn't even qualify that as a protest. Um, but like, I felt like that was a really respectful sign of that. And for people to still be upset by that, it's like it brings into question what is the right time, the right place, the right way to protest, bro. Like, if 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 you are protesting against, you know, anything in this life, where? What is an acceptable way to do it? I just, I, I just don't know, and I think that it's just like, man, it's just. I'm so tired of honestly having the conversation. It's like blowing my mind that we're still in the thick of having conversations like these, uh, especially with other Christians. Uh, that's man. That's yeah. There's my feelings. I'm sorry, I, I drowned that out for a minute, but it's now just it's frustrating, man. Yeah, Trevino, how you feel about? The, the booing during the locking of arms of unity. The booing during the, that even sounds like terrible to say. <laughs> like, I like, boo your unity. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, first thoughts, I'm like, okay, why, why would they potentially be booing? Because the way everyone sees it is they're not, they're disagreeing with the, the out, the actual show of unity, them locking arms. But as a Kansas City fan, I was like, if I tried to see to see a way to justify it, if I'm sitting there drinking my two Coors Lights or whatever I'm drinking or whatever, and I see them do that, and it's right before the game, am I automatically tying that to a protest, or am I tying it to get away? You're about to fight them. It's it's like you know, hugging your opponent and saying, "Good luck." That people do that all the time. So I try to see a way to justify it and. Would they be doing it just because, you know, they don't agree that they should do that with the other team because they're about to play each other? And that was and why and then the question I would pose to that same thought, that position is, why do you care? They're about to play anyway. It doesn't matter. People go and dap, you know, captains walk up and dap each other up. Nobody boos then. So there's really no way to justify a sugarcoat the disagreement with that. There's it's it's literally just saying, okay. We understand some of y'all don't agree with me standing, kneeling. Some of y'all don't agree with, you know, me choosing not to be out here or whatever. Let's just stand together and lock arms. Let's stand together and lock arms. That's really saying a lot and saying nothing at the same time. We're not disrespecting anybody. Boo! Boo! (laughs) What is wrong with you? Put your cool light down. Grab your keys. Actually, put them in your pocket because you're probably drunk. Go call an Uber. Wear a mask in the Uber. Go home. What is wrong with you? 
There is no justification for that. I can, I always try and empathize with people and positions and I try and put myself, you know, in the other shoe and someone else's shoes just for a minute to see, can I justify a thought or action that they would do that I don't disagree with? And, you know, and even ask other people's perspectives. And with this one, I don't think there's a, there's a need to, there's no way to, to justify it. Bro, Trevino, first of all, you're spot on. Like, like I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and second, I think you, I think you bring up a good point about like, like we just have such an opportunity, I think, in so many different ways to sit and like listen to people's viewpoints and seek to understand them and formulate opinions from that and formulate thoughts from that and not necessarily be so quick to share those. Like, let's process through that stuff. Like, I think that's such a good lesson that you flesh out there. Like, it, it's. Man, it, it's heartbreaking though to me, Devin. I want to hear your thoughts, man. I'm, I'm, I, I want to know where your head's at. All right, so the, I, I think people, people get upset when it when you try to disrupt their, like when when like theme that I found this summer, is people get upset when you try to disrupt the norm, even if even if that means the norm is hurting other people. And so, uh, like, when you're trying to call out a bully for bullying, then the bully's going to get upset because, well, I'm not a bully. This is the first thing they, like, they get defensive when you call out something that they've always been or some underlining feeling that you might, that you might have had. So whether it be raising a fist in solidarity, whether it be taking a knee, whether it be locking arms, whatever it may be, Someone always is going to have a problem with with it. I, that's kind of where I figure with it. Like, do I care for people locking arms in, in unity? I I don't. I don't really care. I, to be honest with you, I, I think it's just it's just another action that people can do. They're going they're going to do it, and we still going to have problems. Like like nothing's going. Nothing changes from from an NFL athlete locking arms to me. All, all it does is, is just show that. Hey, we can we can lock arms before before a game, and show some kind of performative action. That, like, I don't think. I mean, I just be honest with you, Dave. I don't think that President Trump watches that game and says, "Huh, I need to change something." Like <laughs> you preaching. Like I, I just to me it just doesn't. I don't think. Like I, if I didn't care about football, I didn't even know that it was on TV. On TV, and that may just because I'm getting older and. And are more selective about the sports that I'm watching, but if I didn't really care about it, how much more do you think that someone who has way more on their plate that's running a state or city or, or a country thinks about people doing these actions? I mean, it's all just performative to me. Like it just doesn't sure. it doesn't mean anything. And, and to boo it, like fans have the right to boo, but like why? Why are you Why are you doing this? Like, what uh, What about this makes you so upset that you want to say, "I need these people to get off the field right now"? It's It's almost like the shut up and dribble thing. Like, stop yep. Stop locking arms. Let's just shut up and play. Like, like it's not. You sound like a clown right now. It's It's interesting, and I think about you know to that point, what gives the fans the right? You have you bought a ticket, and that. And that gives you a right to be a spectator of a sport, a performance that's happening in front of you. Yes. That does not give you a right to control any part of it. 
you have yeah. no right to control it. You know, that's that would be more of an investment and a ticket. Unfortunately, it's an investment, but it's not an investment to control or dictate or choose anything. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's a that's really a good, good point. point. That's really good because to I mean, you're right, because I think people <clears throat> assume that because I bought the ticket, you should do what I say. Yeah, that's not necessarily true. I it's not at all. And the same for a movie. If I buy a ticket to Avengers Endgame and it ends a certain way, I can't go and be like, I can go and, you know, complain about how it ended. But until I become a freaking awesome movie director and <laughs> and get a job with Disney, I am having nothing to do with that. And until you become a head coach of a team and make decisions for that team or help make decisions, or even a quarterback, or whatever, until you become a player on that team, you're just a person that buys a ticket to spectate. I mean, yeah, you can you can not like things that happen on, yeah. on like, because you, I mean, but sports is like the only, only venue that we just like get so upset that we want to like change the outcome, and we get so, like, we'll throw stuff. <laughs> I'm from Cleveland, and I, the first year I was there was Battlegate. <laughs> Like, yo, these people are wild. Like, what are they doing? And then, uh, oh and, and people, and people, I mean, because they want to control the outcome so bad. Like, could you imagine going to a movie theater and like seeing such a terrible movie that you just throw your popcorn at the screen? Like, that it's just unheard of. But you have to be outside your mind to throw that eight eight dollar <laughs> bucket of popcorn at the screen. What is? But I mean, <laughs> tickets are hard to come by anyway, because you know you can't sell out the they can't sell out the stadium in a, in a sports venue, so you had to you had to have a plug to get the tickets if you're just average Joe. You get it, you get in, all right. You buy all this overpriced, expensive stuff. All right, you got all your gear on, and then you decide, man, I I spent at least fifty to a hundred dollars <laughs> to just at there. least. I'm a, I'm a booty people today. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna sit there, and it, it's Kansas City. It can't be warm. It's, it's nighttime, so so you sitting there in the cold, and you just like you said with your cores light. Just you know what, booties, people. I'm done with this. Let's just shut up and dribble, shut up and play. Yes, that's. I mean, that's kind of, and it just seems like we just keep seeing this narrative over and over and over. Like the fans want to control what the athlete does, and that's just not a right way of looking at sport. I think you hit that. The uh, I think you you hit a spot on that. Man, I don't know about y'all, but I think that's a, a. I think that's a good way to wrap this conversation up. That was a really good point to end on. Real quick, Trevino, plug plug the uh, plug your 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 media stuff that you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, tell us about it. Tell the people. Well, uh, I appreciate that too. Um, so I started a uh, photography business. It's photography and videography. It's called uh, Positive Perspective Media Solutions. Mm. Took a while to come to that come to that uh, term, but you know, I, I initially wanted to be a YouTube star about two years ago and bought a camera uh, to do that. And I'd been familiar with cameras for a while. I worked at Best Buy, and that's when I uh, about seven years ago, and that kind of started my journey and my love for cameras and, and video uh, video cameras. But um, so you know, I bought that camera, and someone told me that you know one of my friends, actually, you might know Norman, Norman Pinkerton. Yeah, uh, I know Norman. Yeah. Yeah. So he he said, you know, I was like, what should I do a, a videos of? And he's like, you're always so positive. You should just 
you know, do a video of just positivity series. And I was like, all right, cool. And after I did two videos, I'm like, bro, I'm not a YouTuber at all. So, <laughs> so I decided to, you know, use that camera and flip it the other way and start recording other stuff, you know, and um, taking pictures. And I, you know, upgraded, upgraded and thinking of a business name, I decided I wanted it to, you know, still reflect what people see and feel about me and what I believe is true about myself. And, you know, just kind of radiate that and put that out there. So positive perspective. Uh, ended up being the name. So, you know, I offer um, services to mainly small businesses is my target. That's my uh, niche. And I want to, you know, help small businesses with their visibility. I want to give them good, high quality videos and photos that they can use to advertise because COVID wasn't nice to anybody. And for that business that was hoping to potentially, you know, get a spot on a paper or, you know, get a spot on a billboard or something, and they just lost tons of money. I want to be able to provide, you know, cost-effective, you know, uh, high-quality videos and photos. And not only that, but also help with that social media because, you know, COVID was super negative and, you know, how it affected people. But it also allowed everybody to have – or it, it allowed social media to flourish a lot. And so with people being at home, um, maybe missing a little bit of work and stuff, the amount of um, people that are – viewing social media just overall has skyrocketed. And if you can get a spot, pay a little bit of money to throw an ad on there that's high quality about your restaurant or your, you know, nutrition business or whatever, you throw it on there, somebody sees it. That's, you know, just that's the way to go with advertising now. So, you know, taking my talents to my small business. Uh, so you, you say that when you say that Cleveland fans get nervous. <laughs> Then uh, so then you're doing uh, you 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 had a part in Black Blue and Change. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So um, I am a, a fourth of the the minds behind uh, Black Blue and Change. Uh, Ian Gabriel, aka Mirage, he is a phenomenal rapper, and I think you guys had him hip hop contest. Yeah, so he was a spot on that, and he's he's phenomenal, man. As a as a person, as a brand, he's great. And so he had the idea to start that, and you know, consulted with three of us. And, you know, we just decided to st just go ahead into it. Um, but we just have a conversation, you know, it's a, it airs on Wednesday nights at 8 PM um, every other Wednesday. Um, and we just have a conversation about social injustice and racism in, you know, <clears throat> different spheres. So, you know, it's just a, a literally a conversation. We invite all different views, perspectives. It's called black, blue and change. But, you know, it's just particular because black people uh, are the ones who have experienced all the social injustice. Blue being the blue voices, being police, law enforcement, judges, you know, they all have the ability to assist with, you know, changing things. And then change, obviously, is the goal. That's what we want ultimately um, as a as a podcast. So, you know, we just invite anyone who wants to listen to come on share your views we're not imposing anything on anyone we're literally just having a conversation and we think that's the easiest way to be able to you know bring everybody to the table and literally just share perspectives but you know i'd, I'd love to have uh, and i'm sure we all agree we'd love to have some people that may also disagree with certain things on there as well you know just to be able to provide some other perspective yeah yeah, that's cool. That's that's awesome. Um, you guys are doing what uh, Dave and I 
continues to try to do too is to bring these kind of these kind of hard conversations to the table. Um, appreciate the work you're doing. Uh, tuned in to a couple of your episodes, particularly the one that uh, that Dave was on. Yeah, and uh, I thought that was thought that you guys do an awesome job. Uh, keep up the good work, and we're we're or fans, and uh, we, we plug your stuff every once in a while. See, see, <laughs> we just like you. We we plug every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I- I appreciate your your all's perspective, man. I, I love what you, you guys do. Um, you know, Trevino, as somebody, again, that kind of knows you from a distance, um, I have a great respect for the fact that you don't just live in the shadow of uh, ex-athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's a really hard thing to get out of when it's consumed so much of your life, right? Like, you spent five years at UK, um, you know, you're, you're constantly in that business, right? It is a business. You're, you're so constantly working. Basically, basically, don't be Uncle Rico from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> exactly. But no, no, no Uncle I, just, Rico's. I just greatly appreciate your perspective um, and the fact that, you know, you're, you're willing to go out and uh, use your talent and ability to, uh, you know, uh, record and, and film and, and speak and uh, use your platform for for good and uh i'm i'm appreciative to you and ian for uh kind of allowing me into that space and uh you know something that i mentioned on the recording that we did and i don't remember if i said this while we were live or if i said this in the debrief but man keep creating bro keep creating um no matter how many viewers it's getting no matter how many people are watching or listening like keep creating and uh, know you got fans in me and dev Absolutely. I appreciate that. And that's very encouraging. I, I literally try to do that every single day. I turn my one of my cameras on every day and I do something, whether it's filming myself and whether I'm putting it out or not, doesn't matter. I just want to make sure I'm recording. So I, I really appreciate that. That's very affirming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bro, we have appreciated you having you on the show today. You're more than welcome to come on anytime you want to. You just hit one of us up, say, "Yo, I got something to say," and then uh, <laughs> we got we got you on there. So anytime you anytime you want to create on our podcast, you just let us know. Well, thank you so much, and uh, and I appreciate you guys too. And I'm I'm glad I I um, you guys reached out and wanted to have me on. It's been awesome. You guys, this it's such an, a great you know topic, and it's awesome to you know your your whole niche of you know sports and and you know. Christianity, it's something that I don't really hear too often, and I'm glad I'm plugged in with you guys because it's it's good to to hear that. And I think other people, you know, these are very, very huge topics, and people don't often bring them together. They usually try and keep them separate. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's, it's very important, so I appreciate that. No problem, man. Absolutely. Well, Devon, Trevino, until next time. Peace. Peace. I see you.